0: Keep your children from well
1: Hey, ding dongs. Welcome back to the Good Play, a podcast about NBC's The Good place. My name is Brianna, and with me in the same room, <laughs> she hasn't responded to any of my dank memes. It's my sister, Marissa.
0: Damn, Brianna, back at it again <laughs> in your childhood
1: bedroom. <laughs> we are together for the weekend, which is actually kind of appropriate because it's our 50th episode. You guys are going to
0: find out how much editing I do of this podcast because I'm not going to be able to do any of it
1: this <laughs> week. <laughs> we'll try to keep it tight.
0: but This is our live episode. I'm putting... Uh, air quotes around it even Live though this episode. is an audio medium
1: <laughs> so before we get to the recap of this week's episode you can I uh, just want to do a little bit of housekeeping you can find us on iTunes Google Play and a Uh please rate and review us on iTunes especially if you're new having started listening to us at the beginning of season three we would love to hear from you Uh, You can also follow and like us on Facebook. We have a group called The Good Play, which is now popping off a little bit more because we have actual things to talk about. Twitter at The Good Play Pod. Marissa does uh, live tweets of the episodes every week. And you can send us an email at thegoodplaypod at gmail.com. Yes, that is all correct.
0: (laughs) This is very weird. <laughs> this is like or on like on Mabimba when they are
1: accidentally in the same room. <laughs> it's like I've been looking at your stupid face all day and we gotta do this. <laughs> oh, recap. Okay.
0: So this episode was called The Brainy Bunch and it was the third chapter in the
1: third season. Woo Yes. Excited to be back. This episode, I think, both for both of us was not our favorite episode. No, it was not my favorite. But it's still we still have a lot to talk about. Yes. So, okay. Let's do
0: a recap. So Trevor, who is Brianna's boyfriend Adam Scott. Yeah, R.I.P.,
1: I mean not to get too ahead of ourselves.
0: <laughs> do you think he's gone for good?
1: Let's let's put park that in the discussion <laughs> questions. Okay.
0: So a demon named Trevor has infiltrated the group, and uh, you know, Michael's label for him is that he's the single most diabolical creature in the in the universe or whatever, which seems like, slightly overblown to me, but it's fine. So he is pretending to be this, like, really sweaty, over-eager, like, hey guys, like, let's all be BFFs and live in a house together kind of guy, which is, like, the guy most guaranteed to make Eleanor want to, like, jump on a train full of cocaine (laughs) and never come back. So... We get a little bit of an explanation of the experiment, which is that... And this actually, it makes a little bit of sense to me, that they're going to sort of ask them moral questions, and then Simone is going to show them... So they're going to be in an MRI machine, and and Simone is going to show them pictures of things related to their near-death experience. And she says, so for example, like for Jason, I'm going to show him like a safe and a snorkel and whippets, and Chidi's like, what a grim death that would have been. And we
1: were like, yeah, no kidding.
0: (laughs) This is what we've been saying. And Tahani asks Eleanor, "It's so sweet." So she's like, "Darling, <laughs> how how do you think that the MRI machine will react to the fact that my, you know, my bra has a has a thin metal, you know, thing of pure gold, like a, basically a pure gold underwire." Yeah, she's wearing a yeah. And Eleanor's like, "Yeah, my sports bra has these like rust stains on it, so we'll find out together." <laughs> Trevor comes in and immediately starts antagonizing Eleanor, but not in a way that she can figure out that she's being antagonized. <laughs> Poor thing. Yeah. Jason tries to take a spider into the MRI machine that has already bit him several times <sighs> uh, so that he can become a Spider-Man. And my husband pointed out, they're in Australia. The spiders there do not fork around. Yeah, they
1: don't play. They don't... <laughs> Everything in Australia is trying to kill you. Yeah. Every single animal. So I have been to Australia, and I remember getting off the
0: plane. I was so jet-lagged that I was almost anti-jet-lagged. I got off the plane. It's 9 a.m. Sydney time. I just start going through for a walk through, like, the Botanic Gardens or whatever. And, like, one of the first things I saw was, I'm not even kidding, a golden web, a gigantic golden web, like, just above my head height. And, I'd, like, and a huge spider just happily hanging around on the... Gi- and it was golden! It was, like, little threads of gold. And I was like... This place is not my place. So Michael, yeah, Michael is wearing a Dick Tracy get up. He's got like a fedora and like a trench coat, like a 1940s style, like Elliot Ness in The Untouchables. And he kind of buttonholes Trevor in the hallway.
1: And uh, they, they have a, an actual antagonistic conversation. Like Trevor walks out in the hallway and immediately is like, oh, why are you here? Like he becomes his his demon self. Right. And, you know, Michael asks, you know, why
0: didn't you guys, if you knew that we were cheating, why didn't you just turn us in to the judge? And Trevor's like, oh, this way's more fun, dingus. Which, I'm not sure that that's a great explanation. I have that in my discussion. Oh, good. Is it uh, actually more fun, or is there something else going on? And Michael's like... Well, you know, you can't, you can't do anything to these guys because every time in my neighborhood, you know, Cheedy and Eleanor, their bond became unbreakable. And Trevor's like, yeah, I'm sure I can't get any of these dinguses to drop out of a rigorous, unpaid academic study. It's like, oh boy. (laughs) Once you, uh, once you put it like that. (laughs) Part of the beauty of the good bad place was that they, none of them could escape. There was nowhere for any of them to go.
1: Yeah there's nothing else to do. I mean, at the end of the episode, Cheedy tells Eleanor, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but he's like, just give me three months. If I had three months with this group of ding-dongs and I was Eleanor, like, I don't know how I would feel, honestly. Well, now Trevor's gone, though. I mean, spoiler alert for the end of the episode. But yes. <laughs> Trevor's I already gone. spoiled
0: it. <laughs> so it's less bad. So Eleanor is, like, very unhappy with the fact that She is now in this group setting when she had come to Australia, you know, and dropped her whole life in Arizona, come to Australia to have, like, one-on-one ethical lessons with Chidi, and Chidi says, look, you know, I'm just not going to have time to continue the one-on-one lessons, and Eleanor is obviously pretty bereft upon hearing that.
1: Yeah, she's put off. She does, Kristen Bell does a great job of, like, being obviously but very quietly put off the entire episode. (laughs) Okay, so Trevor's next diabolical step is that he
0: he says, oh, I know the perfect place for homesick Americans. And he takes them to the Cowboy Skyscraper Buffet <laughs> where the waitress pretends to have a southern accent. when she, The host, I should say, the hostess pretends to have a southern access, a- accent when she greets them and tells them, you know, Trevor says, I want the Florida table because they get the swamp smell really right. And the hostess says... Well, somebody's sitting there, but if you purchase our Manifest Destiny package for $30, then you can kick anybody out of any table. And Eleanor's like, no, we will take a free table. Thank you very much.
1: I think they sit at the Montana table, which I saw at um, the AV Club, did like an annotated version of these episodes, uh, this episode. And uh, I think da- the Montana table is where Dana Carvey is from. So yes. they have like a picture of Dana Carvey. <laughs> I think of Church Lady specifically. Oh.
0: <laughs> So Trevor has made a bunch of brainy bunch sweatshirts with all of their faces on them, and he kind of gives them out and is, try- is trying to tell Eleanor, you know, we should get like a place together. We should all live together. Together, And Eleanor is like, yeah, no, this is not happening. And then just, at, uh, oh, and, and at some point, Trevor does tell Michael like, oh, you would love to intervene here, but you can't because they've all seen you and they all think that you're a different person. So you can't actually come and intervene. So, of course, there's only one logical choice left, which is that Janet comes. She pretends to be a waitress. She looks pretty banging with the bare midriff.
1: Keeping it tight. Yes.
0: She comes and, um, you know. She
1: recommends the jalapeno poppers. Yeah, she's trying to connect with Jason. Poor thing. Which is a very, yeah, very Jason thing to want. And by the way, Jason this whole time is like just pretty okay with Trevor. He's like, yes. like Trevor's like, we should get a house. And Jason's like, roomies! Like, I mean, a- Tahani
0: is making these faces like, I can't believe I'm stuck with these commoners. And Eleanor is making a face like, I gotta get out of here. And Jason is like, yeah, Trevor, we're bros. Like, oh, Jason. So Trevor asks Jennifer a round of beers and Janet tries to ding them into existence. And then she's like, oh, I will go over and pour them and walk them back here with my... Human feet. Okay. You know, she's clearly not amused by this. When Michael kind of goes over to Janet, who is, like, laboriously filling up beer steins with uh, the with, uh, tap beer, she's, like, so annoyed by having to be on Earth and be away from her powers. <laughs> this is a great quote. Look at what I've been reduced to. Humans only live 80 years, and they spend most of it waiting for things to be over. True. Accurate. <laughs> yeah. And Michael says, you know, you know, this has affected me too. I, you know, I used to be good at lying and I'm not anymore, which I don't think is about him being on earth. I think it's moral changes. Yeah. I think it's about him having a moral compass. Yeah. That he didn't have. And, uh, also he says that parts of his body are too wet and parts of his body are too dry. <laughs> I was like, yeah,
1: also accurate. So Janet, it, it, like, is trying to call things. Like, she's, she's showing Michael, like, look, I can't call anything. Like beer steins and you know uh, typewriter or spaghetti right yeah. spaghetti she's just and she's like i wish i could just drop like a big anvil on his head or whatever but i can't do it i should have known <laughs> that comes back later yes, yes.
0: <laughs> so back at the table trevor says to chidi like oh i thought you would find it sort of unprofessional to fraternize with the subjects of your study and chidi's like well i hadn't thought about it but uh now i have to go think about it like for several years okay <laughs> bye <laughs> And uh, then Trevor turns to Eleanor and is like,
1: "He's ma- he's doing some racist thing about Jamaica or whatever." Oh, that, yeah. He was like, when he's trying to convince her to get a house, he's like, "I really love you know, like jerk." Ch- I'm not gonna do that. No, accent. don't do the accent. But basically, like, and Eleanor's really-
0: like, "Oh, I'm getting a text. Okay, bye." Oh, yeah, she leaves. <laughs> she runs off to find Cheezy, right? And and, and Eleanor is like, "Look, you know, I-, I thought we were becoming friends." And Cheezy's like, "Oh my God, we were becoming friends, and that's
1: gonna." taint the study yeah he says he says to her um which under normal circumstances when we haven't witnessed their relationship grow over at this point hundreds of years you know if they had really only known each other for a few weeks i think it would be pretty um normal for him to say like we can be colleagues but like we can't be he says associates but what he really means is friends and she's like well i thought we were becoming friends i don't think it would sting as much if we didn't know you know the actual backstory but he basically is like we can be professional but i don't want to jeopardize the the outcome of the study
0: so trevor is managing to wreak all kinds of chaos with the other members of the study as well. Specifically that Tahani and Jason are flirting with each other like big time at the table. They and and he started a drinking game with them where they drink if the other person finds something unrelatable that the one person has said. And then Tahani says something wildly unrelatable. And Jason's like, Do you have to take a drink for every word? I don't know. And Trevor's like, Go ahead. You decide. <laughs> So Michael tries to intervene again with Cheety to not very successful results. He comes over to Cheety and he pretends again to be his terrible Australian librarian and tries to give Cheety advice. And Chidi's like, you don't know what I'm going through. And Michael's like, oh, yeah, yeah, tell me what you're going through. And I will have a solution for you because I've been
1: through everything because I'm a librarian. <laughs> Which, Okay. And Chidi's just, I know this is an audio medium, but Cheaty's just looking at him like, what? Like the entire time, I'm like, what? What is happening? <laughs> Eleanor comes back, right? With a...
0: Yeah, a pitcher of hot root beer because that was the closest thing. She microwaved a pitcher of root beer because it was the closest
1: thing she could come to a hot tea. Yeah, she offers to get him a hot tea or a regular uh, regular temperature Xanax <laughs> to calm him down. So Chidi encourages Helen- Eleanor to go hang out with everybody else without him. And she's like, I didn't fly halfway across the world to hang out with this group of ding-dongs. I want to hang out with you.
0: And she says something like, you know, Tahani's kind of eh, and Jason is like, ooh, and Trevor is blah, which is very accurate. <laughs> and then Chidi leaves and says, you know, I have to have some distance or whatever. And then Eleanor basically skedaddles as soon as as soon as Chidi is gone. Yeah. So somehow they all, the the three immortals all make their way into the bathroom and Trevor's like, I've basically already won, you know, I've like driven Eleanor and Chidi away and Tahani and Jason are about to hook up and when that happens, and poor Janet like has to hear this, right? Yeah. And when that happens, like, Tahani's going to be so embarrassed that she's going to run away from this, basically. And... Uh, Michael says, "You know, I care about nothing in this universe as much as these four humans, and I'm never going to give up." And Trevor's like, ah, okay. Like, let's let's see about that." And oh, what is the? You have to read what the back of the sweatshirt says <laughs> for the Brainy Bunch sweatshirt.
1: Okay, so the back of the which like props to the props department because they're really doing a great job here. Um, as with every week. Um, but the back of the sweatshirt reads, I went to Australia and all I got was this lousy cross-disciplinary academic study and a bunch of new friends.
0: <laughs> oh, Trevor's the worst. The next morning. Also, they shake poop hands. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I did not want to talk about that. Thank you. <laughs> the next morning, Simone goes to Chidi in his office and she says, you didn't sleep last night at all. Which I was like, oh, are they like living together already? He's just sleeping over. Yeah. What okay. <laughs> And she says, you didn't sleep last night at all. And he says, I was too worried about this boundary crossing stuff. And she's like, you know, like, look, I'm a scientist. Like, I'll tell you if you cross a boundary that you're not supposed to cross, okay? And then, so they go, they have a study session that Eleanor has not shown up for. Tahani hands out uh, handwritten letters of apology for her drunken behavior. She says she couldn't find a calligrapher at 5 a.m., but... (laughs) you know but she had so she had to do them herself i think
1: which is like notable that she didn't cut and run that she actually showed up well it's because i think she and jason didn't sleep together
0: which we then find out you know trevor is kind of like so you do lovebirds whatever and then jason is like yeah i walked her home and then i slept in a dumpster
1: (laughs) he couldn't figure he's like he's like i couldn't remember where i lived and then i saw a motel and you think and then i checked myself in a motel he goes and then i saw a dumpster behind the motel. So we slept in a dumpster and he's like, totally fine with it. And everyone's like, Jason. <laughs> so Eleanor doesn't
0: show up and Trevor's like, Oh, I think she dropped out. And Cheety and Simone kind of exchange a look. And Simone's like, I already called you an Uber. Like, go Cheety, you know, goes over to Eleanor's hotel and she's like, look, this group thing, it's just not for me. And he's like, yeah, he says my whole life has been a torture chamber of indecision. Yeah. That's a good line. Um, that, he you know, he, he finally is on a the correct path, and it was all because she came to Australia to ask for his help. So, like, please just give me three months. And I think, you know, there's, like, an implicit thing here that they can be friends, right? After those three months, or? No, during? just, like, in general.
1: Yeah, that he's he's lightened up a little bit. And I think he also recognizes that, like, it's because of their connection that he's even able to do was even able to think of this idea and um you know so I think maybe he's willing to under he he I think he understands that like human connection is important for these types of things and he doesn't want to drive her away so so once again
0: Michael and Jana and Trevor are facing off in a bathroom somehow somewhere (laughs) And they're about to have a fight. And then the doorman creates a portal into the bathroom and is like, hey, the judge wants to see all of you. And Trevor's like, all? And the doorman's like, yeah, all of you. They go through the door. They end up in that sort of catwalk place behind the the scenes place. So so the judge is like, Michael, how many times did I say you could go down there? And Michael's like, technically you weren't. And she's like, one time. And Trevor's like, I am behind you 100%, judge. And then she flicks him into the void.
1: R.I.P. Pour <laughs> one out for my demon boyfriend.
0: <laughs> and Jen starts talking about how all his meddling down on Earth has had ripple effects. And it's kind of a funny, fun explanation for why earth at this moment seems to be in the weirdest or darkest timeline yeah (laughs) like england
1: left europe yeah (laughs) the jacksonville jaguars are good now michael's like impossible (laughs) (laughs) you know
0: she says the experiment is over and michael's like are you gonna kill the four of them she's like no i'm not gonna kill them they just have to like get enough points on their own to get into the good or bad place when they actually do die. And, like, that's it. And I'm delivering the two of you to the bad place. And Janet's like, they're going to retire Michael and marbleize me. And she's like, you should have thought about that. Yeah, she's, My Rudolph's doing a lot of very wild gesticulating in this. <laughs> but it reminds me of me when I'm trying to explain to my children, like, <laughs> you know, like, you should have thought about this thing before you did this other thing. <laughs> like, it was very relatable to Your me. Your
1: actions have consequences. Yeah.
0: So just as she's about to sort of snap them back to the bad place, all of the stuff that Janet tried to manifest while she was on Earth starts manifesting. And Jen tells her to stop it. And she, and Janet says, oh, no, I'm like a printer. You know, once I'm back online and the things in my print queue are getting printed. And it starts off kind of small. And then it starts piling up. I mean, just huge. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of feet in the air. You know, a steamroller, a billboard, uh, you know, a, a lazy boy, all kinds of things. And it creates a barrier between Jen and Michael and Janet. And Jen is like flicking things away into the void, but she's not quite fast enough. They, they run back over to where the doorman is sitting. And Michael and the doorman have this wordless conversation with their eyes. where like, the doorman has heard everything and knows that if he doesn't help them, that they're both going to die. And the doorman tosses him the do not duplicate key and says, you know, good luck, frogman. And the two of them escape into Earth. And Jen, you know, gets through all this stuff and comes over and he's like, they escape. She's like, yeah, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> and uh, that's it. That's the end. That's the end. So what'd you think? Um, It was, a, it, it made me
1: feel stressed. <laughs> like, watching it made me feel stressed. Yeah. It also reminded me, like, this episode and the the previous episodes that we watched last week... You know, Michael is very, um, trying very hard to control like every little single bit of everything. And what I realized watching it was that he's always been this way. Oh, yeah. But he's been able to be successful in the past because he's like controlled the universe that they lived in. Or he wasn't successful. Like at the beginning of the second season, he's not successful at all. And I remember in the episode that we did about like the. Um, the season two premieres, I was like, he's all up in their biz, like, all the time. Just let them be for five seconds. And he just can't do it. And you see it again here. He just can't do it. Yeah, he's a notorious micromanager. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't... I have to say, like, of the Good Place episodes, you know, at the end of season two, and even um, compared to the beginning of the season, it wasn't my favorite. But I think that's because... It did feel a little bit, I mean, maybe that's intentional because it it did feel a little like Michael was forcing everything.
0: It felt a little frenetic. Yeah. But not in like the fun way of this is the bad place. This is the bad place. Like More in like a desperate rushed kind of paper over something that is like falling apart as it goes.
1: Which I think is probably the point. But I, I mean, obviously, like, I enjoyed it. I laughed a lot. I thought it was a good episode. I also wish, like, I don't know if, if Trevor is going to come back or not. <laughs> just toying with my emotions here. I don't know if Trevor's going to come back or not, but I kind of would have liked to... They are just sort of used him as a device in this episode. And, you know, I kind of would have liked him to stick around and and have it be a little bit more of a slow burn. I don't know that I could have tolerated another episode with him, though. I mean,
0: he's so annoying as as his character right. of the desperate friend. Right.
1: But I just mean, maybe he is f- actually found out a- in some way. But, like,
0: they don't have any concept of the supernatural, the That's the cockroaches. True. So, like, found him out as what? I don't know. I mean, Janet just ta- does talk about killing him, which I think would have been an interesting thing to see what would happen to him if that had happened. Yeah.
1: So we have a few other uh, discussion questions that we touched on this a little bit. Uh, is the plot with Trevor, you know, Trevor going down to earth and trying to break this up? Is it actually more fun, do you think? Or is there, there's a reason why? I mean, I there's got to be a reason why they did it that way, because Trevor is nervous to talk to the judge.
0: Right. And Glenn asked in the last episode, you know, like, why these four people, why do you care about them so much? And Sean cocooned him. So I think that there's something else going on with the bad place minions, but we just don't know what it is yet. And I like I think I said last time, like that's probably going to be like the arc of the season. Like why why does the bad place care about these four people so much? And if they had reported to the judge, she would have yanked Michael and Janet out of the world and maybe sent them to the bad place. But just like left the four humans to their. I mean, I think they they realize that Jen is tough but fair and that they would she would have left the four humans on earth and kind of just put them off limits to everybody but i think the bad place wanted to do something more profound to them but it's not clear to me what exactly that is or maybe the bad place feels like they can't risk any of the four of them making enough points to get into the good place because maybe they're like oh once they die then they're gonna like get all their memories of the first afterlife back and then they're gonna report to the good place what
1: the bad place is like i don't know That'd that be interesting. I mean, we'd have to watch one of them die again, which I'm not super into. Just get those whippets ready. Larry Hemsworth was on the cover of Oss Weekly. Which, <laughs> the Hemsworth brother they don't want you to know about. Um, which is Tahani's fling that we hear about in season two when she starts couples counseling with Oh, I with forgot Janet. about that. You know, she's like, well, I've, I've dallied below my station. What does she say? She's like, um, Duke is like the minimum acceptable rank or... Education, Right. And she's like, I, you know, I once had a fling with the non-famous Hemsworth brother, but that was it. And now he's on the cover of Oz Weekly, which <laughs> is, I mean, these, I, I think even in a, an episode like this, that feels really frenetic. They do a great job of just like, if you want it, all of these little tiny Easter eggs are there for you in the background. So that's a lot of fun. Questions from the AV club. If the immortal beings lose their powers after they're beamed down to Earth, does that mean they lose their immortality while they're there, too?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that yeah. I, I think that they could die. I don't know what then happens to them, though, because
1: do they have souls? Well, they go on to ask, if so, are they accumulating their own scores that will then determine whether they go to the good place or the bad place?
0: Uh, yeah, I can't answer that. But I, I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like Janet can't possibly be accumulating a score. It just feels wrong to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I guess the, they are going to be back on earth. And at, I imagine at some point, Michael, I mean, they're not going to stay away from these humans. Let's be real. <laughs> no,
0: they're going to be all up in their biz.
1: So at some point, you know, if they're human now, like Michael, Gosh, I'm trying to imagine this conversation. Every every one of the cockroaches will know him as a different person, and he has to explain that somehow. Maybe he can be like, hey, I'm your guardian angel. You know, he can
0: just borrow some other sort of mythology. <laughs> I'm your guardian angel, and I'm here you know, to make sure that you all do the right thing. I mean, that is really putting your thumb on the scale of eternity there. If everybody had a supernatural being who came to them and said, hey, I need you to do this. Here's here's a list of all the behaviors (laughs) that will get you into heaven, you know, ranked in descending order of, like, how important it is that you do these things. (laughs) Like, we would all get into heaven, or
1: a lot of us would. I guess, yeah. Um, But I I mean, but I think... I don't think Tahani would listen to him because he was sort of pretending to be a grifter. I don't think
0: Well, but she would he would have to say, you know, I, I appear to you all variously in different forms to try to point you in the right direction, but now that you're together I have to come out as a guardian angel. <laughs> but like if he doesn't have any powers on Earth then I don't see how he convinces any of them that he's a guardian angel, <laughs> no. quite frankly. Unless he unless he expresses... So he, could dis, he has all this knowledge. He doesn't have any powers, but he has almost infinite knowledge, right? So he can tell each of them every moment of their lives to that point, which I feel like would convince me, I think. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean, he also could potentially try to join the study. Uh, after he's appeared to each of them as a different person? How do you imagine that working? I don't know. Maybe he's like... I had a near death experience as this person and also as this person. <laughs> I have multiple personalities and each of them had a near death experience. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this is going to be I, I I mean I trust that they know what they're doing. Like the writers know what they're doing and we're going to get and as we know from last week uh we heard as part of spoiler zone that like the next episode kind of gives us another twist that puts us in a in a place where you know they're gonna go in a completely different direction so i don't think she was talking about the end of this episode I think. no we, we determined that it was the yeah. next episode so now that michael has the key first of all does that
0: mean that nobody else can journey into earth
1: if it says do not duplicate, unless you go to the hardware store on Flatbush Avenue, it really means do not duplicate. So And
0: secondly, does that mean that they could potentially Michael and Janet could potentially pop back to the catwalks anytime.
1: And or sneak the humans back in. Ooh. Is that something that they would want? I mean, they would be like fugitives in the afterlife.
0: They already were. Yeah, but like they don't know that.
1: That's true. <laughs> this is
0: very sticky. They put themselves in a very sticky situation, and Janet is not going to be amused that she is stuck on Earth.
1: That's true. I mean, I'm definitely... We've watched Janet go from, like, Siri Alexa robot to, like, actually... Busty Alexa. Busty Alexa to actually having, like, real feelings and saying, I don't know what I am. Now she is human. She is full-on human. She doesn't have any of her powers, her infinite knowledge stops updating she is but she still
0: has all of the knowledge from the beginning of the universe to the minute that they ran through that door right right
1: so that's still a lot it's still a lot but she also has all the memories of knowing that she was with jason and he doesn't remember that and that's got to be really difficult for her yeah this is gonna be i have a feeling she's gonna have a really hard time or she's gonna go she's she's like in withdrawal she's like in in power withdrawal yeah She's she can get drunk on actual beer instead of magnets. <laughs> it's cheaper. Wait, which is cheaper? I'm actually not sure. Depends how high powered the magnets have to be. <laughs> I'm just interested to see like how Michael gets himself out of this because I actually didn't I hadn't thought about the fact that he couldn't intervene the way he wanted to because he had shown himself to all of them as a different person. Trevor kind of was like, "Oh, right, you want to come in and stop me, but you can't." Also, how are they going to explain Trevor's disappearance? Although maybe people won't care because he was so annoying. Yeah, I mean, I think he j- he will have disappeared from the world.
0: And I guess they'll just assume that he, like, went someplace else. That he just dropped out of the study or whatever.
1: Yeah, maybe they're going to be like, well, his near-death experience turned into a death-death experience. <laughs> what a bummer. So, unless we have any other discussion points... I just wanted to mention
0: uh, that next week's episode is called The Snowplow. Interesting. Which I don't know, but I never know (laughs) what these episodes are going to be ahead of time. At least last week we kind of knew what the Brainy Bunch meant. Yeah. But this week is like The Snowplow. Okay, I got nothing. No, I have no idea. I mean, they're in Australia, so no snow in Australia, right? There can be snow in Australia sometimes, I think. But I doubt that that's the I doubt that that's the point of that title.
1: Yeah, this is just I I think we're we're floundering a little bit because we just have I just at least I can speak for myself have no idea how they're gonna get out of this one. So
0: yeah, and it wasn't the most enjoyable episode. So it was not one that I'm like I'm gonna cue this back up again and rewatch it uh, the way that I have done with some of my uh, favorite ones. I kind of never want to watch it again. Although I do love that little end part where, you know, Janet's stuff starts piling piling up and they kind of escape. That that part is really fun. But all the stuff with Trevor, I'm just like, "Oh, I never want to see this guy's, fa-. you know, no offense, Adam Scott. <laughs> never want to see this guy's face again. Like he's super annoying."
1: Yeah. Well, I guess that means he did a good job. Yeah. Good good job, Adam Scott. <laughs> so, one thing that I I talked about last week, but or I mentioned last week, but we didn't get a real chance to talk about it is this Esquire Article called The Good Place is Doing What Lost Never Could. So it's essentially about the fact that The Good Place and Lost are both these sort of shows that have a lot of twists and turns. They have a lot of like moral lessons in them. I, I think we have talked about the fact that Michael Schur talked to Damon Lindelof, who created Lost, about how to handle a show with so many uh, twists and so many kind of like of these big reveals. But what Esquire says is that The Good Place... I mean, from the title, The Good Place is doing what Lost never could in terms of front-loading the lessons that we actually need each other rather than making that the big reveal at the end of everything. Now, granted, I never watched Lost. Yeah, no, no, neither did I. So we don't really have the background, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, A couple quotes. Uh, Eleanor and company can't improve their situation alone. It's a notion that fueled Lost... A show that creator Michael Schur has referenced when creating the good place. The difference is that Lost hit you with that big thesis statement in the finale, the long awaited conclusion of one of the most viewer studied shows in recent history hinged on the idea of needing people. Instead of that approach, the good place leads with it, where the theme of morality and faith and ethics were half baked into smoke monsters and hatches, the good in, in Lost. Uh, The Good Place addresses these lofty ideas head-on in ways that somehow still feel like a comedy. What is a hatch? I don't... uh, Hatches? Yeah, like, I think probably they were somebody... Like the hatch on an airplane? The, the maybe little, the little they did crash co- from an airplane i no, i know okay oceania flight something or other somewhere some person who watched lost is like yelling at us yes. and we don't know
0: i don't know so there have we already talked about this the tweet that's been going around that says you, you'll never fear, feel more like a ghost than when you're listening to a podcast and the people on the podcast are talking about something that they're ignorant about and you know something about no so like you know much the way that if you were an actual ghost and you were haunting a house and the people were like what was that show with Kristen Bell and Ted Danson? And you're like, The Good Place! Why am I dead? The Good Place! (laughs) That's what it feels like to listen to a podcast. If you've watched Lost, you know, our apologies.
1: (laughs) You know, get at us so we know what a hatch is. And then they say, with every season finale and every episode, really, Lost introduced a new twist uh, to mess with the audience. It was fun, but maybe not always the most responsible storytelling that's kind of what this episode felt like a little bit to me, but... Well,
0: I mean, I find it interesting that, you know, they're they're favorably comparing The Good Place to Lost, and I certainly appreciate the comparison. But Mike Schur said that they didn't know when they were writing season one that they were going to end up on Earth in season three. Mm, that's a good point. So they do not have, like, a show Bible with, like, we're doing four seasons, and in the first season, this is the arc, and the second season, this is the arc, third season, fourth season. They are to some degree, making it up as they go along kind of like Lost, right? So that does have to make you a little nervous.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they they just talk about the sort of the resetting of the structure and, and how it's working better here than it has that it did in Lost, which, you know, might be because they don't have everything sort of figured out. So they don't, They're not beholden to a decision that they made in season one that might not fit in season three. I guess, but I I, I mean, I think the whole thing with Lost, right, is that they didn't,
0: they hadn't made any of those decisions ahead of time,
1: and that turned
0: out to be kind of a disaster.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking of the opposite way. I know I've talked about the show before, but How I Met Your Mother made a decision. Oh, yeah. They filmed the ending that they wanted, like, very early on, and then created a show that, in my opinion, uh, took the characters in a lot of interesting directions, and the first ending that they created didn't really fit anymore, but they kind of shoehorned it in at the end and was like, JK, this whole time has been something different. And a lot of people... Everyone hates that finale. Myself and There are, like, a few people who will defend it, but I don't think anybody's like, oh, that was so satisfying. (laughs) I was so angry... A lot of people are still angry about it, but it's because they had an ending in mind and didn't. And the show evolved naturally anyway, because they never knew whether or not they were going to get renewed. So they were making decisions throughout every I mean, and and essentially that's what's happening with The Good Place, right? They didn't know for sure that they were going to get a season three. I'm assuming that they're planning for a season four.
0: Yeah, I think that Mike sure said that he had the plot now up through season 4, but I'm not totally
1: sure. I'm not totally Mike sure. Mike sure. <laughs> but I think that's a a good lesson that sometimes you have to be flexible because sometimes your ending doesn't the ending that you had in mind doesn't quite fit with where you end up naturally. <sighs> yes,
0: indeed. Well, we had no uh listener emails this week and uh I don't think anybody got at me on Twitter. Uh, we had a couple posts in the Facebook group, but they were just sort of like, "Yay, the good place." Right. So uh, no real listener discussion this week. So I think, so I think we are uh, we may be pretty much done here. Sitting in Brianna's childhood bedroom is not the most comfortable <laughs> audio studio, and we're tired of looking at each other's faces. I think basically. But happy fiftieth episode!
1: Yes, happy fiftieth episode! Thanks for for those of you who've been listening the whole time. Thanks for sticking with us. Absolutely tell your friends, and uh, for the 100th
0: episode, uh, we're going to be broadcasting live from Radio City
1: Music Hall. (laughs) I could broadcast live from the uh, sidewalk outside of Radio City Music Hall. (laughs) You'd look like a crazy person. That would be the least crazy thing (laughs) happening on the street in Manhattan. I I can pretty much guarantee you that nobody would give me a second look. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> okay. Well <laughs>
0: until next week, be as much of a surprise gentleman as Jason Mendoza.
1: Yeah, amen to that. We'll see you next time, Ding Dongs. Knock, knock, Oh, hello to our podcast today we're doing a uh, record uh, oh. hi guys um it's me um and we're seeing how we could do this record here <laughs>